everybody, and welcome back to episode 11 of the pre-production meeting. I'm your co-host, Josh Urquhart. My name is Austin Scott. And welcome to another week of film news, film progress. You're in for a ride today, ladies and gentlemen, because we have some amazing topics to go through. 100%. And we have some amazing progress. As always, Austin, what are we rating this week out of 10? For the first time ever, I'm rating this week a 10. Really? Yeah, I'm rating it a 10. Hot damn! And we'll go into it in progress, but I've got a lot. More than I already know? Yes. Really? Yep, absolutely. Okay, keeping so. some surprises for me, I see. <laughs> All right, yeah, sweet. All right, well, I'm so, keen for that. Yeah, no, I'm keen as well. So, 10 out of 10 week. What mm-hmm. about yourself, sir? My week this week would say, would say about a... Mm, we'll give it a nine. It's hard because I did get everything that I needed to done, but it's like... Are you doing this ranking, this rating on quality or quantity? It's like a mix of both. But see, I've I think I've nailed the quality bit, but there wasn't really much to do on yep. my to do list because I make a list at the start of the week and I've checked off everything. Actually, you know, you know what? <clears throat> we'll do a nine point five because I did a lot for your film as well. Yes. So oh. yeah, we did. We had a good week this week. Um, a lot of progress, and um, hopefully, and I think that's going to be our biggest section in uh this week's podcast so without further ado let's get into the wrap-up i'm looking forward to this week's wrap-up we are we are all right so this week on the wrap-up we've both been watching this show it's currently in season so it's not even done yet yeah all right but today we are going to be talking about welcome to wrexham what a great show, man. What a great show. For the people that don't know what it is, Austin, what is Welcome to Wrexham? Okay. Welcome to Wrexham is the folk tale of mm. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Is that his name? McElhaney. 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 I actually didn't know who Rob McElhaney was before me the show. No, He's me a writer on He's Always a, Sunny. Yeah, writer <laughs> slash actor in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yep. Um, but yeah, so they both bought a bottom of the table, not even like bottom bottom of the professional leagues in Wales team called Wrexham AFC. Yes. And it is just a doco series about their- The purchase. The purchase. Stewardship, would you say? Yeah. Of Wrexham AFC. Yeah. I don't know what that means either. Yeah, well, I was saying, whatever, whatever that word means. On the, on the wiki, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the stewardship. Yeah, the yeah, I guess so. Yeah, trials, we'll go with that. Trials and tribulations. Yeah. You see the frustration of them yep. maintaining yep. their busy schedule. <clears throat> yep. Owning a club in Wales when they both live in LA. Yep. And, you know, just maintaining that. And it's pretty well done, pretty it w- is. well entertaining. <clears throat> um one thing I really, really, really love about it, it is not just all about Ryan Reynolds and Mom Mac- Rob McElhaney. Yeah. It's You're about- so butchering that last name. <laughs> well, <laughs> he can say, correct say me Rob. if he wants. Just it's say Rob. Old Mate Rob. Yeah, Old Mate old Rob. Mate Rob. Yep. It's not just about those two. They've literally, they've put Wrexham on the map. Yes. And it's to be honest, man, I had the thought last night when I was watching, I was like, bro, I'd fly to Wales to go to a game. Holy shit. So would I. <laughs> so would I. So Wrexham. So if you guys are not sport fans or whatever, you still would have an amazing time with this because this is not only a sports kind of doco, but at the overall, you know, bottom lane, this is a kind of underdog story. Oh, it's I guess you like can say. the definition of an underdog. So story. in professional football in England, um, there's tiers, yep. right? So you've got the Premier League. You got the pinnacle, right? At the top of the top upper echelon, the Premier League. Yep. You have the championship. Yep. You have League One, League Two, and that is the English professional football pyramid. And out of that pyramid, you have the whatever league that Wrexham is in. Yep. And there, kind of this story, this doco series is about them trying to get promoted into the top tier pyramid of English football. Literally building them from the bottom. Literally, so I think it's I think it's amazing. I don't know how they came up with an idea on buy this club that nobody knows about. Yeah, I I I think they touched on it a little bit, but I think I've forgotten about it in the first couple of episodes. Yeah. But like, why they bought Wrexham? Yeah, club that nobody has ever heard of. Yep. Ryan Reynolds didn't even know about it. I didn't know about it. Nobody knew about nobody it. Nobody knew about it. Rob Rob's the sport fan. He's yeah. the sport fanatic, and they go into American death. football. And yeah, stuff they go like into that. that, and he's always dreamt of you know owning a club and yep. all that kind of stuff. So it's good to see him living out his childhood dream and all 100%. that kind of stuff. And um, 
If I had enough money, I'd buy a football club. Oh, 100%, because then the, the investment into it will turn over into, well, it's not all about profit, but like no. it'll be a money-making machine for but is, you. But is that why they did it though? I well, don't think it was. No, 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 no. That's not like, no, I'm not saying that that's why they did it. I'm saying mm. like, it is a financial like- Moneymaker? Moneymaker exponentially. Because when this, they are successful, but that's not why they did it. I would say even though Wrexham is outside <laughs> of the English professional kind of pyramid, I would say thanks to Ryan and Rob and welcome to Wrexham, it's going to be, and we'll get into this kind of like the popularity jump in F1, right? Yes. The popularity 100%. jump with Wrexham will now be, I reckon they'll have way more fans than some of the Premier League teams. Oh, 100%. Now that's a big shout. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a master, you know, <clears throat> pundit of professional football right yeah but neither from trends right yep. of popularity and stuff you can see that this is what's going to happen with this football team there it's it's really interesting because you get the whole process of them buying the club working from literally the ground bottom and you know improving this club improving the quality and stuff like that but also you get kind of the perspective of Wrexham fans, Wrexham 100%. owners and stuff like that. And, you know, they're not in it from the very start. They're not 100% like uh, they don't understand why this is getting up. Like why Wrexham? Exactly. Why this club? You know, are they doing this just for a documentary? Yeah, exactly. What do you reckon? Why is it? Why do you think other than <clears throat> the sporting passion, do you reckon they did this just for the documentary? Or? I don't think they did it for the documentary. And I, I'd like to believe like, the documentary, everything that's come with the documentary is just a bonus. But I so yeah. I wholeheartedly believe that they purchased this club because it is legitimately like building something off the ground. Yep. And then once it pays off, when it pays off, then, you know, it, it'll be one of the greatest achievements they've ever achieved in their life. Yeah. Apart from their Hollywood success and everything like that, mm. obviously. <coughs> but um, it everybody knows and loves an underdog story. And yes. I'm sure that Rob had these dreams growing up that he yeah. wanted to buy a real underdog team and then build them up. And then, you know, when they're reaping the rewards and all that kind of stuff of, from their success, if and when that happens, mm. then yeah, it'll it'll be for the right reasons. Like it'll yeah. be, that was the end goal, but all the documentary and all the f like fame and popularity and stuff, would all just be a bonus. Yeah, right. So I think that's why the club was bought. And I, yeah, I, I'm on board with it. Like that's- Yeah, and it's not all <coughs> happy days. Like you don't just get these two millionaires coming in and buying this club and all of a sudden everything goes great. Exactly. There's still tension. There's still, you know, ups and downs, just like in anything, any risk, any investment that you yeah, make. And, exactly. Um, I think the doco encapsulates it perfectly. The ups and downs of one can only imagine of what comes along with buying a football club, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. But um, it's funny. It is funny. It's it funny. Is really funny. It's entertaining. And like I said, you don't need to be a sports fan to no. watch. If you know Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, like, you know, his comedy. There's a bit of comedy from his aspect that comes into play. If you know Rob, old mate Rob, if you're a fan of <laughs> Always Sunny. Um, I think it's great. I think them two have amazing chemistry and it's not your typical just sport, sport, sport. It goes into the background, everything like that. Like I said, the fans' perspective, the owners' perspective. Yeah. History of Wales, which came with the episode last, last night, which night, I had yeah. <coughs> no idea about. Yep, me either. Which I think is very um, uh, educational, entertaining as well. But um, right now it's sitting at 8.4 on IMDb. Again, we don't take a lot from critics, you know, always make your own kind of you know, um, thoughts and stuff when it comes to shows and 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. So fair to say it's doing well with the critics. It is doing well. Um, and one of the things that I reckon it's doing so well and the reason why it is is because um, a lot of, like you just said then, like the townspeople <coughs> are letting these documentary crews into their homes and stuff mm. like that. And Wrexham as a town has been through the ringer. Yeah. And not like, I'm just going off what I've learned in these eight episodes. Like, yeah. I, I didn't even know Wrexham was a place. Me neither, man. Like it's... And just hearing about all the stuff they've gone through, how the fans have banded together to mm. keep Wrexham alive. alive and everything like that. Like, it's just inspiring. It is. And they are an underdog club, yep. but they're also an underdog town. They like are. Like an underdog city, and town, it, whatever. It's so good to see that underdog town finally getting 
due for all their hard work. Exactly. You know, that they've done in the background for all these years. Like, I can't even imagine being <clears throat> in their kind of position, going through what they did as a town and as a football club to all of a sudden one day have two absolute megastars coming in <laughs> yeah. into a town that nobody really knows about and go, we're going to buy your football club. Exactly right. And we're going to do something with it. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that really made me excited for the town of Wrexham was at the end of one of the episodes that rendered clip of the, of the stadium? stadium upgrade. Yeah. Because they're, they're this town, like they can't afford to um, like, who who was it that owns the stadium? It was a. Oh. It was like wasn't. I don't know if they gave it. Uh, it was someone external. I don't know if it was the previous owners or the previous owners made it like a kind of. It could have been because Wrexham themselves didn't, didn't own, own their the own home stadium. That's how bad it was. Yeah, like and then the there was one part of, of it that was shut off. It was condemned. They had like, it was just. If you were to go in there, it's a health hazard to everybody. Yeah, everybody. One involved. side of the football stadium. So then, one of the stresses they do on one of the episodes is they, um, Rob and Ryan, they want to buy the stadium so yeah. they can, you know, get more of the Wrexham City fans to the stadium yeah. and like just build it up to its former glory. I suppose mm. that like the this town deserves and yeah. it is deserving of it and. Then when they made that their priority, they then got a rendered clip and they released it to the public, in, obviously in the documentary, of what it's going to look like. And mm. I can only imagine as a Wrexham fan. Yeah. just I'm not saying I'm a Wrexham fan. Like dude. as a Wrexham fan, seeing that video mm. and thinking, holy shit, this yeah. is like- Insane. Everything this like Josh, Yeah, like Josh was saying, everything we've gone through, everything that's happened, all the hardships, <coughs> all the tomfoolery we've encountered with mm. owners and- external parties like it's all worth it you know? these two millionaires come in they're doing this and stuff like that like i could imagine the buzz throughout um the town the town Just seeing how much it means to them exactly right like a couple episodes ago you had that one lady that was just crying the whole episode because yeah. she was telling her experiences and like just how much you see how much this football club means to everybody mm -hmm. and it's um it's unlike anything really that I've seen before. No, exactly right. A football club. Um, and the what was really touching was the um, the disability. Yes, the disability, the disability access lady. and yep. everything like that, just non-existent. Yeah. And so, and then one lady who is unfortunately in a wheelchair, uh, electronic motorized wheelchair for the rest of her life, has made it her priority to make the stadium accessible to those less fortunate, yeah. the disabled, to get to their. Teams games, yeah, teams literally. home games, home games, away games, everything like that. Like it's, it, it is so special to see. Mm. It's unlike anything I've ever seen in a sporting 100%. documentary, let alone a team. The, the bond that the fans have, the mm. town has, and how welcoming the nation of Wales have been to Ryan and Rob. Yeah. It's all encapsulated in a documentary. It's and amazing. it's so feel good. It's not funny. Yeah. It's so feel good. And... I love it. I think the one thing that keeps me going with it as well. So what was your first reaction? So did you know that Ryan and Rob bought Wrexham before this doco came out? Mm, heard bits and bobs about right. it. So I saw it and I'm like, what the hell is happening? Who yeah. are Wrexham and whatever. But the one thing so I remember seeing back then, what we're watching now in Instagram posts, like they're losing, they're winning, they're losing and winning or whatever. But the things I stopped after a while and I don't know what happened. So this was filmed in what, 2020, 2021, leading into 2022. Yeah. It's about those three seasons, I think, well, uh, so far. And we're in the 2021 season. So I don't know if they get promoted or not. Yeah, no, same. same so I think that it's great. And mm. if you're going to watch it yourself, don't, Spoil it for yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. Don't look at Wrexham scores and stuff like that. No. Just go along for the ride and ride the trials and tribulations that Wrexham, Ryan, and Rob go through. Literally, and if you want to watch it, it is a FX uh, produced kind of uh, doco series, yep. and it's on Disney Plus. Because 100%. Disney Plus own FX, Hulu, etc., etc. Disney Plus own own the world <laughs> now, basically slowly taking over. But so as we were saying, kind of with the popularity rise in Wrexham. Um, because of this doco, we wanted to touch on kind of other sports yep. doco series or docos in general that have had a similar, or well, not similar, but maybe a different kind of impact on um, sport and popularity itself. Yes. So absolutely. if you could bring some of your own knowledge and interests when it comes to sport docos, because I know you're a man of um, that kind of acquired taste. 100%. 
list us some and tell us what kind of impact they've had on, I don't know, you or the sport itself. Okay, so I reckon the first sport documentary I watched, and they're all recent ones because I've only just sort of come to my own to realise that this is something I'd like to do further down the track and what sport that be, we'll see in due time. You've always said that. You've always came and told me ideas when it comes to sport docos. Yeah, I've always wanted to do a sport doco. Exactly like Welcome to Wrexham. Exactly right. So, um, and so I went and like, because I'm a massive sportsman, like any sport I'll sit and watch, like it's just, it's a massive part of my life, always has been. And the first one I watched was The Last Dance, and that was yes. the um, I was thinking that, the, you know, yeah, the Michael Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and their run of um, championships that they did. And the thing that was so appealing about that is obviously being an NBA fan and one of like the goats of all uh, greatest of all time, mm. Michael Jordan. Um, seeing what they went through, not only on the court but all the stuff off the court, and arguably humanizing the athletes because that's something that a lot of people forget is you know these athletes are humans first Mm. and yes people make mistakes people make mistakes in everyday life people make mistakes at work people make mistakes at home people make mistakes on the drive to work people make mistakes every single day there is not a person alive that can say they haven't made a mistake in their life. Yeah. And then when athletes make a mistake in a game that costs They're someone criticized. a multi or it costs somebody, uh, like it costs their team a championship and all that kind of stuff. Like I get you are angry, yeah. but they do not deserve the flack they cop. Even off the field, yeah. athletes these days, if they mess up, which normal people are doing the same thing as they are doing, they will cop it. Exactly. They, but it will be publicised. 100%. Unlike, you know, normal athletes. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, normal people. Yeah, exactly right. It's yeah. like um, who went through it as well. Uh, another sports documentary I watched was the uh, uh, Neymar. Neymar. Oh, yeah. On play. Netflix? He, yeah, he had a three-part documentary series yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, right. Okay. And I love Neymar. He's um, one of my favourite soccer players as he is around the world. Everybody mm-hmm. loves him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then so- when so- Soccer or football? Football, soccer, football, soccer, <laughs> FIFA, whatever you want to call FIFA. it. FIFA. <laughs> um, but arguably when he he went through a case I didn't realise he went through until I watched this documentary, he had false accusations of, of domestic violence. Domestic violence. That's and right. Yeah, it was all false and it was all a ploy. It was all mm. a scheme and everything like that. And like people just dragged him through the mud because yeah. it was just, as soon as something negative comes out of somebody that is so globally successful, mm. as soon as something comes out negative, Mm. anybody and everybody will run with it and mm. they will drag your name through the mud, which is one thing I've learned with fame and fortune and, and stuff like that. And see, that kind of cancel culture is all new. So the people like that are at the upper echelons right now, they wouldn't have had it in their come up kind yeah, of thing. No. I mean, and cancel culture has always been around, but right now it's more prominent with 100%. everything going on. So anything they could have said, done something, being accused of everything back then, they wouldn't have time to be like, oh, you know what, maybe I should think about saying this because 20 years in the future, cancel culture is going to be an exactly. all-time high. You know exactly I mean? right. And so, yeah, and then it it humanised Neymar because I didn't I did not realise that he his first major club that he signed with was FC Barcelona. Yeah. So he went from his... Uh, forget, uh, San, no, not Santos. Was it Santos? Yeah, Santos. Yeah. That's... Yeah, yeah something like that. Fact checkers, please. Yeah. Um, but he went from that... Brazilian football club, arguably the pinnacle of Brazilian football league to uh, FC Barcelona. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was his first major club. I just thought that he was at another successful club and then went to another one. But then he went from Barcelona to PSG and I think now he's at PSG. People are like, oh, he's just a money. He's chasing money and all that kind of stuff where he's like, no, like – and in the documentary, he goes into it like, oh, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for me. Like, yeah. I'm going to successful clubs so then I can, like, live out my childhood dreams yeah. and everything like that. And that's a lot of things that people forget. It's just, like, these people, like, all of us have mm. dreams and aspirations and Literally. stuff like that that we want to achieve. And then when they're presented to us, and we're a criminal for taking it. Yeah. We're a criminal for going with what we have arguably fought and stressed over our whole lives like and aspired to be and so i think one of the major things with sport documentaries is the humanizing of the athletes but you put that so well (laughs) you tie that all together so well i agree with you like i think that's the and like a lot of um but there's just 
And that's to a degree where like athletes are humans first and stuff like that. But then yep. there's some that that the fame gets to their head and everything. Yep. Like that. There's yep. some like people that just do not respect yep. like their fame and their position, influence, their position, influence. Yeah, that's stuff like one, that. And they don't realize what influence they have on yeah. the younger generation coming through and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. And there's no room for that in any uh, yeah. professional league or anything like that. But at the same time. It's a lapse of judgment. Yeah. It's a, um, yes, you know, might not implore it and all that kind of stuff, but at the same time, you know, it's human nature mm. to, you know, do the things that some people yeah. do and all that kind of stuff. I'm not advocating for it at all whatsoever, but, you know, you've got to put the human first. Yeah, and um, I think, you know, we see with these athletes and stuff like that, you know, we see what they choose us to see with their social medias and yeah. what the media wants us to see. And I think that's the power that these sports doco series and sports docos have in general, right? They Absolutely. have the power to turn it in two ways. They have the power to, you know, number one, um, make us see what they want us to see already, mm -hmm. but also make us see the humanized like you said, aspect of it all. 100%. And I think going into these docos, you need to have those two things in mind that they could be playing something to over dramatize, uh, you know, a certain situation, but also just take note that these athletes are like all of us. Exactly. And I think without them, then we wouldn't have that insight into the world, which I think is why, you know, Wrexham, welcome to Wrexham comes in so well. There's something that hit with me just to, retouch on that for a second is you see these professional football players with the Lamborghinis, their supermodel girlfriends and stuff. You go into these, this Wrexham doco and their, their wages are revealed. Oh, bro. They're earning an average of what? 20,000 bucks. A yeah, year? exactly. It's, it's crazy. It's peanuts compared to the pinnacles. It's, literally. It's not, you know, professional football isn't all sunshine and rainbows exactly right. by any means. It's and these, shining a light on things we don't, normally see these guys are sharing a house exactly right the there's like are sharing six and seven of them in one house mm. have to get their own way to games and stuff yeah. like that apart from the away game that they mentioned last night yeah but um it's 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 humanizing it brings yeah, you back it brings you back and yeah. um another sports doco was because i'm a massive fan of the surfing as well mm. They did a series on the 2021 season. They're currently making the doco for the 2022 season. Okay. It's just wrapped up. So right. for what platform? Uh, it's on Apple TV. Okay, right. There it's, you that's, go. That's another thing. It that's must on be Apple good TV. then. <laughs> must be good. So all your all my favorite surfers and everything like that. I was obviously drawn in and all that kind of stuff. But it um it goes through the um the ups and downs and the risks involved with surfing and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, it humanizes the surfers. Um, you know, there were struggles that I got shown to me by some of my favorite servers that I didn't realize that were going through at the time, yeah. hence their behavior and all that kind of stuff. And yep. then it just, it brings you back and you're like, oh yeah, like, you know, I've gone through some stuff in my life. You can relate. Like, yeah. like you can relate and everything like that. And like, it's just something that is so, I hold precious to me is that me playing sport all my life and you playing sport all your life, um, you know, it's a lot more than just the game. It's a lot more than just the fight, the surf, the grand finals, the losses, the ups and downs, the money, the f popularity, the influence. So much more than that. Right. And you don't understand how much, and then you hear a bunch of other stories of, um, you know, how, how it can affect players mentally and all that kind of mm. stuff. And you just, you just think to yourself, why would anybody want to do, sorry, let me rephrase that. Why, does anybody feel they have the right to say the stuff they say exactly. to these humans? Because you wouldn't say it to them on the street. No, exactly. You're protected by a platform and you're like, oh, so, it just does my head in. Like yeah. I just, it, like I could, I could go on about it for ages, but like. I think you've shed a pretty good light on it. I think that's I think the massive thing behind sports documentaries is yep. the humanization of them yep. and that importance of it. Really. Amazing. Well put, Austin. <laughs> Thank you, sir. The last sport doco that we wanted to touch on, and when we say doco, we're talking about doco series, actual documentaries, mostly doco series is what we've mentioned, right? Yes. Yep. I think the best sport doco, in my opinion, but also the sport doco that's had the most impact on a sport in general, and I'd, am I wrong to say probably both of our favourite sport docos? Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. Definitely. Drive to Survive. Mate. 
The Formula One. It, and I don't say this lightly. It's going to sound pretty dramatic, but it's changed my life. Yeah, 100%. Same with me. Yeah. So I started Drive to Survive going through a breakup, right? All right. Um, And for, it was like the shining light in that <laughs> dark time, right? <laughs> yep. Um, but like, ever, it's just, it's literally changed everything. I, before this docker came out, I was like, what the fuck do people see in cars racing around a racetrack for two hours? I did not know anything what, about Formula What one. is so, like, bro, how boring can that be? Like, that's more boring than cricket. Yep, absolutely. Sorry, cricket fans. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I'm like, holy shit, you watch this and oh my God. So Drive to Survive recounts the stories of the teams and the drivers of the F1 seasons of 2019, 2020, 2021 and next year 2022 which season, will be this season which will yeah. be this season and i think it's incredible um definitely dramatized at points but the one thing about this doco series which draws you in and you've definitely heard of it if people have mentioned sport docos around you because Absolutely. the reason i watched it is because i had about three people in the same fucking week tell me to watch it yeah and i'm like what is so good about this i think that's the same with me i got told to watch it Mm. as well and I was like I don't really follow Formula 1 I don't know why I'd watch it and all that kind of stuff they're like trust me it is the best sports doco series I've ever watched and I was like all right, I'll give it a shot we'll give it a shot and Wow. blew out of the wow. water. Wow. You get to know the drivers on such a deeper level, man. The drivers, the teams, the ups and downs. The you know, you got Lewis Hamilton, one of the like richest, most well known drivers in the world. You get to see his thoughts behind that, you know, uh, controversial finish to the F one race last oh. year. You know, you get to go through the ups and downs with the drivers that are out of a seat getting into a seat. It's just I get goosebumps talking yeah, about it, bro. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps now. You it, get these personalities. It's and it, it like I said, it humanizes the sport, it and does. then it gets you on board to the point where, um, obviously, like I have my team that I support. Yeah, you have your team. You support. I do. Yes, and um, Mercedes, right? I'm a Mercedes. Yeah, fan. yeah, yeah. You're yeah, a Ferrari, Ferrari. Mm. Um, and you know these people have taken you into their lives and all that kind of stuff. So when you see them and like Josh and I have been mm. keeping up with the season this this year and we're messaging throughout every race and qualifying and all that kind of stuff this year. Um, it just puts you in a place where you're cheering the person rather than the team. Yes. And obviously you're going for your team and your, all that kind of stuff because it's a team sport. But then like you you might prefer one driver over another in the Literally. same team. And then there's like one- There's fights within the team. Exactly like- right. Like, And then when you see things happen like in the pit lane qualifying- um, all that kind of stuff, the race itself, when you see those crashes and you get mm. the driver's takes oh on God. it and stuff like that, man, it is, you just, when something happens, you're like, oh no, not not him. Or like, when oh wow. What? Was it, Ro- oh, I'm going to butcher it. Was it Roman Grosjean? Yeah, Roman Grosjean. Grosjean, that, uh, the man on fire, man right? On fire. He crashed and the car went up in flames and, you know, you've been with this kind of series for about three seasons now. When that happened, my heart fucking sunk. I thought I was watching someone die. Literally. I, and that same with this season when um, uh, Joe Guan Yu went into a wall and <laughs> you're like, holy shit, man. The effect this has on not only, you know, the person, but the families, the fans, the sport, the work that goes into training and stuff. It's a physical sport. They lose about what? On the on a hot day, five kilograms Something in the race? crazy, man. And I, I watched Max Verstappen's training video on how mm. he preps for, like, oh, sorry, that's another thing they've got to account for is the G-force that the car mm. pulls on them as well. Because mm. obviously when you turn, your body goes one way. But when you're in an F1 car, you're literally like, yeah. you know, arguably in a tank yeah. kind of solidified in and you've only got this much like turn circle. Yeah. And then Physical so sport. when the G-force is pulling you one way, you have to fight that G-force and go with the car kind of, oh man, I, it, it couldn't be me. Yeah. It could not be me. No. There's no way. And a fun fact. Yep. Um, the same people that made Drive to Survive also made the surfing docu- really? docu- series. Really? Okay. same company. Yeah, so awesome. it's the same quality. Must be good then. Same, yeah, it is very good. I hold F1 yep. close to my heart and this docu-series very high up there on the podium as well. It's no, funny because- uh, Very good, very good. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, the thing about this as well, not all the drivers like the series because it, they definitely over-dramatize some things, mm-hmm. um, but you can't- diss it because the popularity man i have some facts here for you right Mm. so ever since drive to survive came out 
Um, so I'll read you some of the facts I have for you. So in terms of audience growth, the biggest explosion in popularity since Drive to Survive first hit Netflix streaming was experienced by the US, right? To the point where formula, the Formula One calendar had committed to a whole new race in Miami, which we saw this year, Yes, right? And those cost gazillions of dollars to put on, right? So they made a whole new one just because of the popularity of this show, yep. right? Miami, which the whole weekend was crazy. That was the first that was the first race I watched live. Oh, the was Miami it? race, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I jumped in at um, Azerbaijan. That's the one I jumped in at. Right, okay. That's where yeah, I jumped Yeah, well, in. Baku. Baku, yeah. yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, so the US Grand Prix, right? So bro, the numbers that people like come in to watch these, you get oh. in a footy match, right? Even the Super Bowl, like how much do you reckon you get in the Super Bowl? Like 200K? 100, 200K? I'm not sure. Fact check us. Yeah. <laughs> Monza just went past. Do you know how many people came in over the weekend? 400,000. 400,000 to, to, to the race course. To a race. Oh my days. And the thing I love about F1 and you see the structure of it, you have three practice sessions, you have a qualifying session, you have the race session. The the attendance has just skyrocketed since this doco came out, right? It climbed, right? The US Grand Prix in, um, oh, where do they hold the US Grand Prix? Texas? No, not Texas. The US Grand Prix is Texas, yeah. Texas? So 2018, 264,000, right? Versus 2021. So this is after three seasons of Drive to Survive, 400,000, right? In terms of revenue, the dollar figures climbed from a respectable 1.15 billion in 2020 to 2.14 billion, up 86%, right? That is all Drive uh, to Survive, right? The media owned stock, right? So Formula One's Liberty media owned stock has increased by a noticeable margin, 62% since Drive to Survive premiered. The fan base is on track to exceed a billion with 77% of all new viewers who entered the fold in the past two years, currently aged between the demographic of 16 to 35. So up 77%, right? Races, races themselves, right? Now average approximately 70 million viewers. Mm. The final race, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix last year when Max beat Lewis, Right, um, beat it beat the Super Bowl, right? With um, so it had one hundred and eight point seven million simultaneous viewers versus the Super Bowl one point uh one oh one million. Uh, so one oh eight million versus one oh one million. The cherry on top: social media growth, forty nine million followers with forty percent growth annually, and one point five billion aggregate social media engagements. In other words, F all F one content is now practically viral content. Yeah, 100%. It is, I I didn't know the numbers, mm. but- Now you do. Now I do. <laughs> I, and this is all from Drive to Survive. All from Drive to Survive. And I think it did such a good job and it's clearly showcasing in the numbers and everything like that. But I, I'm just, wanna, I wanna dial it all back right now. Yep, yep, yep. You and I didn't watch F1. No. Never. Never. I'm like, what the fuck? Exactly. We didn't watch it. Boring. And then we thought it was boring. Yeah. Just cars racing around a racetrack, right. all that kind of stuff. Just boring, boring, boring. Josh and I waited and anticipated the game to come out after watching Drive to Survive. Hell yeah. And now we religiously play F1 yes. 22 yes. on our PlayStation. And I have the wheel. He doesn't have room for the wheel, but he will. He will. <laughs> Could you imagine if just Josh and I did that, mm. how many other people did that? Mate. How many people were already Formula One fans? Money, bro. It is, it is grown exponentially. Exponentially, it's insane. Insane. And go watch it. Fun fact on Roman Grosjean. Yep, he's still racing. Uh, in the IndyCar. IndyCar. Yep. Because he comes on at work, I'm like, why? Why? Uh, you you yeah. nearly almost died. You yeah. almost cooked to it's death. It's like when a surfer goes and gets bitten by a shark and then goes to continue surfing. It's like, bro, you almost well, die with a fucking fun, crash. And fun fact: last year at the 2021 WSL Finals, yep. Um, in the final heat in the grand final of the men's, mm -hmm. bloody great white shark in the in the lineup, yeah. and surfers had no idea. The great white shark was surfing. No, obviously in the lineup, in the lineup, like where the waves are, where on the, the surf is our city. Yeah, it had its own board and everything. You know, gnarly <laughs> dude. Um, <laughs> no, like, and then you know the organizers just went call it off, call it yeah, off, and then yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. those kind of protocols are going to place and stuff. You just like saw that. the great white shark. The risks, man, involved in these. Yeah, and shredding, man. It shredding. was shredding. Yeah, cool. And then like just the risks involved with yeah. both of these sports. Insane. You can tell why the growth. 
of you can tell why they chose to make a doco series about them. exactly right Intense. exactly right insane go watch it netflix drive to survive apple tv what's make, surfing make or break make or break we have welcome to Wrexham, disney plus the last dance netflix netflix as well yeah, i think that's pretty much and it, yeah. neymar's is on netflix neymar, as well netflix awesome doco series good to go fucking good segment boy let's go so, all righty next segment the progress baby juicy juicy progress austin we have a lot to go through for you so i'm gonna go you first okay perfect talk to me about your progress this week with your film swirling vortex i had a mind blank so i, yeah, I was so about to I, say I, <laughs> Because I, I was like, looked at each other like, have that. we revealed it yet? No, no. We will reveal it soon in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So on whatever October's in the start of October, we'll yes, reveal Austin's absolutely. title. Okay, so uh, this week I had a couple of things I wanted to tick off, yep, and yep, um, yep. one of them was kickstarting the crowdfunding campaign. Yep. To a point where I, I've nailed a structure to yep. what it's going to do. I've also. Um, sent out i needed um cooper to do some things so i've sent what i needed to cooper tracy has been very yep. very um great at communicating shout out guys i know you're watching yes thank you so much tracy she knows how grateful i am i say thank yes, you sweet. at the end of every single week awesome. i was like thank you so much for helping me out again <laughs> <laughs> um, no i couldn't be any more grateful for that yeah. um yeah, so I had some crowdfunding things I wanted to take care of and stuff like that. So now it's at a point where, you know, I'm just waiting for some external things to happen for yep. the crowdfunding like to what? then put it together. Your statement. Yep. Um, both Josh and I have to record our statements and stuff for the video. I'm waiting for some concept art, which is... Yeah. Oh, sweet. Jeez, it's good. Go, touch on the concept um, art. Concept art. Then um, once, you know, the DOP and I form some consistent communication we'll get um some storyboards going or something and all this will go into the crowdfunding campaign and everything like that so that was one of my focuses for this week i ticked off what i needed to do for that mm -hmm. um and then on top of that there's the concept art mm -hmm. which um looks incredible yep and i should have colored rendered finalized tomorrow like i should have really? yeah i should have so it should be um worth the money Definitely worth the money. Yeah. Definitely. And the, the the communication that me and this bloke have is something I didn't think would happen given that he lives in India. Yeah. So, um, but no, it's literally like sometimes I'll reply to him. He replies instantly. I'm like, yeah. sorry, what, what's the time there? Like yeah. what's going on? So he's really good. I'm glad that um, that investment was made. Um, got some cool ideas from the production designer that mm -hmm. we've now worked into the script. Um, and then Lockie's environmental... Concept art. Concept art. Yep. He did the kitchen. Oh, he did. He did the kitchen. Did and he do it I, off I, my kitchen? He literally built your kitchen. No, he didn't. Look, I'll show you. He did what? <laughs> my man. Oh, Where's yeah. Locky. We've locked in a location. Yes. A location has been locked in. My house. Joshua's house. Thanks, mom. Courtesy <laughs> to Simone and Andrew. Thank you so much. It's, Ugh. I still can't believe it, but- Oh my, bro, that's <laughs> fucking freaky. And I said- That to, is so- oh! I said to Lockie, I said, that is exactly how I pictured it when the blackout happened. Oh my God. So Lockie, right, is um he's rebuilt my kitchen in Unreal Engine, which is this game developing software. And he's doing the concept art for the environment. Oh my God, that's freaky, and then bro. he's worked in the doors on the Coliseum. Oh, mate. <laughs> Insane so, stuff. We're not going to show you. So if you can, if good luck trying to zoom in and get a HD image. Oh, we're not yeah. going to show you yet. <laughs> it's all. It all. Insane. It'll all be in the crowdfunding campaign. Yo. Um, the character designs. So um, both the characters in the animation yep. have been. They've conceptualized, finalized the weapons that they're going to use. Um, I saw one of the characters for the first time, which yeah. is in my head now. It's on. It's out there. It's in the world. Yeah. Like, I just can't wait for these finalized rendered versions yeah. of the characters and stuff like that. Yeah. And for my most exciting news, yep. I've locked in a call with an animator on Wednesday. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What the hell? Where did that come from? Last night, baby. You didn't even tell me. Because I wanted to get your Oh now. my God, bro. That is, I was literally saying, I was just about to say, I love how we have all this stuff and we haven't got an animator yet. <laughs> oh, that is so good. So last night at what? work, I um, I put a post out on Facebook and Instagram and yeah. I had a couple of bites and then 
like one guy from work who I was like really like hoping that he, but then it turns out it fell through and some of like that. So I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to. So, but then I remember my my, oh my mama bear, mama bear, yeah, uh, suggested someone that she used to work with that was um, an animator. He oh went to God. he went to a I can't remember what TAFE he went to. Yeah. But he did screen and media studies and animation and he quit the bar job that um, worked out with my mum to pursue animation. How old is he? I don't know. Okay. But um, he's around our age, I'd assume. Um, And then mum goes, here's his Facebook. Oh my God. Reach out to him. So I was like, oh, that's right. Mum suggested that. So I reached out to him. I didn't think he was going to respond. Responded. Does and then we, right, I'll show you the conversation. Oh my God, this. yeah. But then, right. um, yeah, then we got to talking and stuff like that. I was asking all the right questions and all that kind of stuff. And then it's piqued his interest. For oh stuff like. So on Wednesday God. at two o'clock, yep. him and I jumping on a call on Zoom. We're yep. going to dive deep into the script and all the logistics that come with the animation and stuff like that. Fuck. And my I literally could not believe it after. I was like, all right, bro, sweet. I'll. Fuck it in and stuff like that. The budget holds up. So yeah, we'll have to get I his take on budget. Just just be honest with him. Just needed. say, hey, look, man, it's my first. Yeah, you reckon you exactly. can help us out here? But so then, we respect the work. Yeah, exactly. But please help us. Yeah, exactly right. So I'll, I'll hopefully say all the right things. But yeah, 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 yeah. I've got to call the potential Fuck animator yes, locked in on Wednesday. Bro. And good shit. Thank you. Let's sir. go. Let's thank go. Um, and then. And I've also got a- uh, DOP, bro, you're, you're leaving out the most important bit. Yeah, no, let's, get, let's get into the rest of that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Josh and I had a call with our official DOP yes. of- Teague. Teague. Let's go, shout out Teague. Oh, can't wait to get to work with you, man. It's gonna yes. be so good. Yep. Um, just seeing, just, I can't wait to see his take on the script and everything like that. And then mm. for the, um, you know, uh, cinematography work to take off and get into that. He's um, so passionate, man. I can tell. Mm. I can tell. And um, I love his work. I showed his showreel to a couple of guys at work yesterday yeah, yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah. this is my DOP. And they're like, wow, yeah, like, he's, he's good. really good. I know. So, you know, I'm keen to get to work on that. He's coming on the pod as well. Yeah, exactly. A couple, oh, God, we're, we're booked up, like, with our pods. We got a guest next week. We got a solid guest, whatever. He's a guest coming in the future. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the production design is... Um, currently working on a feature so you know yep balancing work with this work as well um so she's really good in that aspect yep. uh thank you lauren yep um and then i've got a call booked with the head of sound today yep. after this podcast mm-hmm. and i just can't wait for all the work to get started do we 100 percent have an editor as well now locked in maybe I'm pretty sure we do yes can we mm-hmm. say yes 100 or no <laughs> is that yes or no I have to go to the messages. Okay. Because he doesn't see why he can't edit it. Okay. And Okay, well, we won't reveal it just yet. Yeah, we'll confirm okay. later. Possibly have Possibly an editor. Possibly have an editor. Um, so, mate, that's a 10 out of 10 week. So, yeah, a like, lot has happened and a lot more is going to happen soon. Yeah. And um, a couple of guys at work last night were like, Austin, like, you're, you're actually doing it kind of deal. I was like, thank you. Like, yes. I didn't like... Yes, I am. Uh, yes. I'm doing it. Thank you very much. Like it was just, it's like I've said for the last two, three weeks, like it's beyond the point of no return. Mm. It can't be stopped. It's too far gone. Yeah. I think also can oh. I just say the 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 set, um, like having it at my house saves so much money, so much yep. headache, so much time, so much permit fucking money shit. Yes, it's exactly. So- Good. It's one day of shooting, right? You don't think it's that big of a deal, like that big of a task, but it is. Um, but now we've got that sorted. We can do the location recce's. You know, the PD can come in and plan, and you. We can do blocking now. We can exactly. do whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we're sorted. Exactly right. A lot, a lot of. I'm just grateful for everything and yeah. everyone that has it's working out. Helped this thought of mine become a reality, yep. and it's now. Like I said last week as well, like it's now a reality in my head. It is. And it's I'm just I'm just so grateful. Honestly. Amazing. It's it's so good. Yeah, um, it's coming together. I'm excited. Ten out of ten week. We're excited for and you guys. To I'm see. excited for everybody to see, everybody that's working on it to just get amongst Oh, I'm just so keen. I can't Amazing. believe it. I cannot believe it. Ten out of ten week. Incredible. Thank you everybody. Good stuff. <laughs> I'll just touch on some stuff that I do for you as yes, well. Yes, please. 
So we pretty much, we've locked in everybody for the crew, except for the data wrangler. Yes. <laughs> we got to figure out. Um, and then of course the sound mixer, but that's a later problem. Oh, and composer, later problem. Every, everybody else, we've locked in the whole crew. Yes. Locked in the whole crew. Crew's locked in. Um, have a couple of people still haven't responded to me yet, um, which I did chase up all the crew. Um, I added to the Facebook page. I added people. Everybody's in the Facebook page now or should be or should have an invite. Good. I emailed the animator before you told me this, like just to chase up. Who hasn't got back to me yet? That's all right. Um, we sorted, um, we just went through head of department uh, roles and stuff for the documentation, what they need to get done. And now you know what to communicate in your calls and stuff like that. Um, we, have we locked in a table read? No, no, not yet. But we will. Why did I do that? Uh, dialogue for We might even do, uh, oh no, I was going to suggest doing a table read for an episode of the podcast, but no. Oh mate, that just give away the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I thought about it. I was like, oh, you know, give away. Uh, we find an editor. Did we find an editor? Maybe. Uh, sort out hot checklist. Yeah, we've done that. Send out location. Call. Yeah, we sorted out location. Location um, I got an SD card, which, <laughs> why is that on my <laughs> An SD card for hopefully we will have a TV here and we'll have a three cam set up in the next couple of weeks or whatever. <laughs> um, sent out contracts to people and I've got contracts back, sorted, signed, perfect. Oh. Um, and uh, sorry, I don't even know what these aren't to do with you think. Basically, 10 out of 10 week. Thank you, Austin. Perfect. Thank Amazing. you so much. You've done well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, this week for me. The floor is yours. Sir. Yes, 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 yes. So- on my checklist, I had after the character bios, which I finished last week, and the director statement, it was Bible time. And I finished the Bible. Yes, sir. So I'll run you guys through what I have. I won't show you, but I'll show Austin. This is my Bible. So we have the title page. Ooh. Right? Tell me if you, you like what you see. I do like what I see. We have a little, like I told you guys before, Indiana Jones meets Bridgerton. Oh, look right? at you. We go. have a logline here. We have a quote that represents the film here. Right? We have the director statement. Bruh, right? so good looking. Wow. We have the shooting style. And mm. I can reveal now this is going to be shot in two different aspect ratios. Yes, sir. It's going to be shot in 1851. I think that's what I said here. 1851. 1851 in London because it's a bigger aspect ratio and it will uh, it allow it's more of a narrative driven part of the story and that high aspect ratio allows us to become closer more intimate with the characters which is more important on that kind of part of the story whereas we go to the desert it's going to be shot in 2351 which is a wider aspect ratio allow us to engage in the landscape of the beautiful desert and yes, stuff like yes, that yes, right yes, yes. um so we got some of that we've got some examples there um the colors and lighting which you already know. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you guys a little thing, uh, a little teaser. The colors for the Magic Man will lie heavily on the warmer colors of the color wheel for both locations. A mix of the following will be most prominent brown, orange, yellow, dark green, and red. The late 1800s are usually associated with blues, whites, and the darker yet cooler colors of the color wheel. But in this world, or both Egyptian desert and London, I want to flip the script and show a more colorful part of this time period. Bam. Ooh. Got a little bit there for the desert, a little bit there for the um, London. Damn. Locations, possible locations, right? For the desert, sand dunes, for the locations. Some possible locations there. Production design. Is that cro Cropley? Yeah. Cropley. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The old stomping ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> PD, costume designs. Yeah, we yep. like. We, we like what we, we like, see. We love. Music sound design. Little bit of a description of what you're going to get. Little bit of target audience, target audience, 18 to 30. Yeah. But on the more mature end of the scale, because the concepts, the language, the vernacular won't be really understood by the younger ones. Saying that, still be fun. So get your younger ones to watch it when it's down <laughs> the film festivals. Um, the main characters, bam. Magic man. Bam. Bam. Supporting characters, bam, bam, bam. Minor roles, bam. And that's all. Damn, son. So that's that so good. Two hours. Two hours? Two days. Two, yeah, I was going to say two hours. Jesus. Two days. And like I was even, I went out to a cafe. Shout out to the person I went and saw at the cafe. And I was even doing work at the cafe on my uh, phone. Yes. Right? Working 24-7, no matter where we are. Because, bro, I'm excited. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do, you know? That's what you got to do. And um, full steam ahead. So now, um, I, was, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, 
I have the treatment and did you do the treatment and one page outline or just one or the other? No, I did both. You did both. See, I'm thinking, I'm like, is there really necessary for me to do the one page outline? Well, they're both kind of the same thing. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I think next, my next step this week, treatment. Yep. Write the story in narrative form. And then once I've done the narrative form, go into the actual script. Get to screenwriting? Yes. Good. So it goes treatment, which is basically, like I said, narrative form of the story and then followed by the actual script. I'm excited. Are you gonna write the script? Or are you just gonna write the script? What do you mean? Like <laughs> the script being mm. the entire story or mm, are you no. just gonna focus on the short? No, 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 yeah. proof of concept. Good, good, good. When good. this is in post, when it's gone through the film festivals, that's when we start on the feature. Right, gotcha. But Talk I do have the feature structure. Good, good, good. But we're concentrating. Yes. Because I wanna have the first draft done by November, which gives me a month and a half. Plenty of time. Yeah, 100%. Considering what you, your work ethic and what you've got done. Yeah. There's plenty of time. Let's hope, let's yeah. hope. Yeah, um, so that was my week this week. I've got to, you know what? I'll be completely honest. On, when did I go to? Wednesday. I woke up and Tuesday, I think I spent doing your stuff. Wednesday I woke up, I'm like, mm, not really feeling it creatively today. Dude. Uh, what do I do? I woke up, I was like, fuck, let's get out of the house. Go visit the cafe. 40 minute drive away. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. Go visit the cafe, you know, some nice fresh air, sit by the water, not really. I was stuck in the back of the restaurant because somebody <laughs> couldn't get me a seat by the water. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but hey, the freezing woke me up. Yeah. Right? Not in the beautiful sunlight five meters away. Bit cold, have some nice food. Yep. Boom, creativity. Put yourself in uncomfortable situations to get the most get out of it. comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm, joke, I'm joking. It was beautiful food, whatever. Um, <laughs> it was a great time. The, creati the creativity sparked and sometimes that we that's what you need again. That's where I'm coming from. Yep. Get out, do something. Yep. If you're not feeling it, change the environment. 100%. Put yourself out in the sun, go get some food. Yep. Go for a drive, whatever. And then bam, got home, smashed out all the writing for these particular parts of the Bible. And then bam, you did got the photos the next day and we're sorted. We now have a Bible and that is my progress. There you week. go. That's, um, oh, I forget what we're, we're doing that. it. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. God, stop it. Stop it, guys. Guys, sit down. Seriously. The crowd's going no, 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 wild, please, man. Please. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, cool. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, um, I, I was going to say progression yep. for us both yep. is a success this week. Definitely. And to touch on what you said, I had yep. a day this week where I was kind of like, mm, I can't, Not really too sure. yep. can't really be bothered doing stuff today. But then you're just like, no, nope, you're the only one that's going to do it. It's not going to get done if you don't do it. Yep. So do it. Amazing. Oh, great week for both involved. And great for week. you listeners as well, it's getting close. It's, it's getting, getting close. close, baby. we got Austin's filming date, November 25th. Yes, sir. And we should have everything sorted by then. Absolutely. Um, crowdfunding starts October 3rd. So get your pockets ready. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But if you want, hey. No, there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be ways you guys can help. Um, yeah, if you're just sharing the links yeah, and stuff exactly like right. that. But it'll all be revealed in the crowdfunding video. And then once the crowdfunding comes out, that's when you can reveal your story. Exactly and we'll do a right. whole episode dedicated to you. Exactly. Amazing. Well, that's exciting. Yes. I can't wait for- <laughs> No, I'm trying to beat that out. Thank God this isn't live. <laughs> wow, we <laughs> Oh, shit. Anyways, okay. We come to the last segment, which I think we're just going to continue. It's the dependent variable, baby, because the dependent variable changes and this topic changes every fucking week. Exactly right. What are we talking about this week, Austin? We are talking about animated films made into live action films. Live action adaptations, specifically Disney. Because that's where they all do. That's where it all, it's all been done. I mean, you got games and stuff. We can get into that another that's time. A, I think that's a different- That's a different kind of- Level. Level, yeah. Yes. Very this nice. Crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So I wanted to talk about this because this week two things happened. It's got me <clears> thinking, all right? You had the release of Pinocchio, Disney Plus Day, um, which has just got terrible reviews all around. 5.1 IMDb, 27% Rotten Tomatoes. Just to flash some facts on you. People are hating it. People are hating it. And it kind of touches on what I want to go through in this uh, kind of segment, which we'll get to. But also the Little Mermaid trailer was released. Million dislikes on YouTube. Now, thank God YouTube got rid of the dislike button because that's ridiculous because people say. are just review bombing the, the trailer because it's hashtag not their little mermaid. And that is racist. It pisses me off. It's racist. It's, it's racist. racist. And you know what? 
had a conversation to Lexi about this last week. Uh, sorry, yesterday. Who's coming on the podcast next week? Um, shout out, Lexi. You better be watching. Or you're not coming on the podcast. I'm kidding. Um, so, <laughs> um, no, the Little Mermaid trailer. And it's a touchy topic because people are going at it because she's of a different skin color, skin pleasure, which it shouldn't matter. It's it, a fucking animated character, man. Exactly. Who exactly. gives a shit? Who gives a shit? She's a, an amazing actress, an amazing singer. 100%. What do people have like- The trailer looked beautiful. It looked beautiful. Like it's a teaser trailer. I don't get it, bruv. I don't get people's, like people can have their opinions, but when it turns to like race and shit, like they're like, fuck you out of here, bro. It's exactly a movie. Right. And that's to, to touch on our um, sport doco thing as well. Like don't, don't resort to that stuff. Like right. sit in your- Couches, get some popcorn and stuff your faces because exactly. that's as further in this industry as you're going to get when they are working their <laughs> asses off to make this amazing film only to get shat on exactly because of this hashtag not my mermaid yeah. crap. Like, what is this? I can't believe that. That's- I don't. I don't understand. And you know what? Someone brought this to light, and I was talking to Lex. So this is a conversation we had, right? And this was a point, and I'm not playing devil's advocate for the race discussion. I'm playing devil's advocate to why people aren't happy about it. The princess and the frog. Princess and the frog. If you grew up a fan of that and you were like, okay, we're making, I think her name's Tiana. Oh God, fact check me on that. I didn't watch the princess and frog. If you made Tiana white, Mm. real life adaptation, there's racist people. Then there's people that aren't happy because they're just changing it for the sake of changing it. I personally don't give a shit. But if you put that argument into response and come from from not a racist perspective and come from it like, I don't like it because this reason, this reason, I understand why people aren't happy. It's when the line is crossed to when it becomes racist when you have a problem. Exactly right. I agree. But that makes, like, it doesn't, I don't give a shit, but it makes sense why people are upset about that. Because if they grow up fans, whatever, you can have your opinions, but mate, she's incredible. I think she's going to do amazing. Fuck it. I'm going to see it. Yeah, same. I'll watch it. She's an amazing singer. And you know what? I don't give a shit. I fucking can't wait for The Little Mermaid. Let's get back onto the discussion of adaptations. Are these Disney adaptations ruining childhoods or creating them? Hmm. What do you say? Well, that that statement within itself is kind of like children nowadays will not go back and watch the originals. So I understand yep. why they're remaking them. Yep. Do they work? No. Ooh, but you could judge it on two different scales because mm-hmm. what we grew up with and what they are growing up with are two different things right now. Obviously, you're going to have your people that are coming out of the woodwork going like, why did this get remade? It shouldn't have because that the... Yeah, takes away the magic. It's such a classic. You can't redo magic again, like all that kind of stuff. Which I understand. It's all it's all fair and all that kind of stuff. But like when it's a direct copy and paste, I believe it should be it should be left alone. No, no, no. Not essentially. It should be I was listening to our podcast on the way here and the when someone asked you why are you copying a book and you're like, No, it's an adaptation. You know who you are. Um it's an adaptation. I reckon <clears throat> the live action remakes should be an adaptation, not a copy and paste. Okay. The Which, example yep, I am using yep. is The Lion King. Yeah, well, I have that on my list. That's a direct to... copy and paste, just made live action with yes. voice actors. But did you see what they also announced this week? They're making a prequel to The Lion King live action. Mufasa. The story of Mufasa and his rise to power in the animal kingdom. Okay. Would you classify that as an adaptation? Absolutely, because it's not. Would you want to see it? Yeah, hundred percent. I'll still any adaptation go. that comes out, I'll still watch it in yeah. due time. Yeah, but like Pinocchio, yeah. though, are you going to watch that? I'll probably watch yeah. it. Yeah, bro, I was in looking forward time. to that shit. Yeah. Tom Hanks, <laughs> Pinocchio, yeah, Jiminy Cricket, fucking <laughs> directed by Robert Robert Zemeckis. But we're terrible with names on this show, eh? Robert Zemeckis. I'm pretty is sure that's how you say it. Is so, it? Yeah, right. Yeah, there like, you go. Yeah. Shout out Rob Zemeckis. I've got your film. <laughs> But no, so um, I reckon adaptations that have come out Mm. um, and shoot me, I don't care. I didn't watch Beauty and the Beast. I have a list. If we want to go through, you tell me if they're trash or boss. Okay. Well, I'll just finish this before. The animated Beauty and the Beast, I didn't watch, but I watched the live action. So I don't know if it's a direct copy and paste. Yeah. But I I loved that movie. I've seen more live adaptations than- Animations, yeah. Oh, you know what? No, I have seen Princess and the Frog. 
Sorry, just had to put that out there. There you go. Well, I have seen it. Very good movie. Okay, yeah. there you go. Now run yep. me through your list. Jungle Book. Didn't watch it. John Favreau? Didn't watch it. You didn't watch Jungle Book? Nope. All right, I watched it. Pass. Good. Very good. Pass. Pete's Dragon. What is that? A movie about Pete's Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't watched it. Great movie. Haven't right. seen the original. Jungle Book? Haven't seen the original. But seen the live adaptations and fuck, they're good. There you go. Cinderella. Oh, is that the one with Camilla Cabello? No. That's the Amazon Prime version. I'm talking about the Cinderella with- The Li- animated Lily, Lily Allen? Lily Allen. Lily Allen? Who the fuck is Lily Allen? You know who Lily Allen is. Is that- No, Lily James, I no, think. I haven't watched it, but she is perfect Bro, casting. I search up Cinderella and it comes up with Camilla Cabello. No. Yeah, Lily James. Oh, Lily right. James is perfect casting for Cinderella. R- Richard Madden. You know, I haven't watched uh, it. Icarus? No? Good movie. Haven't seen the- Oh. No, haven't seen the original. Okay. Cruella. I loved Cruella. The movie, uh, 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 Emma, Emma, Emma Stone. Stone yep. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yep. Have you seen the original? No. 101 Dalmatians? No. I think I've seen the original. Don't know. Mulan. I haven't watched it either. Yep. So we can't really say. So Cruella, is that a trash or pass? Pass. Yeah, cool. Christopher Robin. I haven't watched him. Is that Ewan McGregor? No. Yeah, it's Ewan McGregor. No way. No, it's not. Why am I thinking it's Ewan McGregor? I don't think it's Ewan McGregor. Christopher Robin. Played by... Ewan McGregor. There you go. There you go. See, we know our stuff in this podcast. Yeah. Um, okay, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that was good. I loved it. That was I really loved great. It. I loved really it. Really great. Pass. I think I've seen the original as well. I don't give a shit, bro. Make it like they want to flex their new technology. Let yeah. them. Yeah, there you go. Let them. Lady and the Tramp. Did you even know that was a live adaptation? I did when I did some research this morning. Yeah. And I was like, well, how do you make that a live action? Mm. Insane. I haven't watched it. Have you seen Super Dog? Because that was like a live action dog movie. No, so, oh, Underdog. Underdog. Sorry. I was going to say, well, yeah, like, Underdog. Super Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like ages ago, I can't remember it. Uh, Aladdin. Never watched them. Seen the live action and seen the original. Both great. Maleficent. Bro, if you do say like uh, you haven't seen any, eh? Hey, uh, I don't think so. Maleficent. Um, I don't even know what that's based off. Uh, one of the shoot me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. Good movie though. Very yep. good movie. The Lion King. Live action. Mm. You can't beat the original, but the live action the was all right. Yeah. Granted that you know the star power attached to it. Yep. John Favreau. Beyonce. Actually, yep. Just to name a few. Yeah. Miss Knowles. Yep. <laughs> um. It looked great. Yeah. Looked great. Yeah. It was a direct copy and paste, but yeah. at the same time, I still love it. Yeah, who's doing the Uh exactly. Dumbo. Oh, did I watch Dumbo? I'm pretty sure I watched Dumbo. Mm. I would I think I've watched Dumbo. I love the cinematography for Yeah, Dumbo. I love Dumbo. Great. All right. <clears throat> now to come out, these are the ones that are coming out. Some of you tell me you're gonna watch them or not, all right? Yep. And if you're interested. And should they have been made or not? Little Mermaid. I watch it. You watch it? Peter Pan and Wendy. This has already been made, but it's like remaking. Okay. Peter Pan and Wendy's, you know, the Tinkerbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. going to watch it? Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs with Rachel Ziegler from Spielberg's, Spielberg's West Side Story, as well as Gal Gadot as the evil I'll watch princess. I'll watch it. I hate Gal Gadot, but <clears throat> I'll watch that. What 100%. do you actually? Gal Gadot? Yeah. Yes. Why? Are you kidding me? No, nah, you're taking the piss. I'm not taking it. Why? Did you watch Wonder Woman 1984? I did. You liked it? I hated it, but I liked the first one. It's great in the first one. Yeah, I'm talking about the second one. Well, I'm talking about the first one. Still, I can't <laughs> take her seriously. Even in Red Notice, just her, she just, it's like, yeah, bro, it's like she's reading lines, which I know they are, but it's like she's doing Someone's a fucking- teleprompter She's doing a fucking dress rehearsal whilst <laughs> acting. It's so bad. Um, Mufasa, which we already said. Yep. Yep. Lilo and Stitch. I'll definitely watch Lilo and Stitch. I love that. How they're going to do Stitch? I do not know, but that made my top list. I love Lilo and Stitch. They'll probably do how they do the Pokemon movie. True. Hunchback of Notre Dame. They're making that. They're making that, baby. Okay. Don't watch it. it. I don't know. Sequel to Aladdin. Guy Ritchie's returning for a fucking Mm. sequel that's not even. Written. Are you going to watch that? Mm, probably not. I didn't watch Aladdin. It's by Guy Ritchie. You know no, Guy Ritchie. But right. that's, like, I'm not touching uh, They're doing an Aladdin spinoff and you don't know Prince Anders. It's fine. Robin Hood. The Fox, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, The Sorry? Fox. The Fox, Robin Hood. I'm pretty sure. 
Okay. You're going to watch that? No? Probably. Okay. The Sword and the Stone, which is a young King Arthur Arthur. and his lessons with the wizard Merlin. Mm. Maybe? Maybe. Okay. Bambi. No, I'm not doing that. Nah. (laughs) Doing a live action Bambi. I'm not watching Bambi again. Uh, They're doing a Jungle Book sequel. See, I think their sequels are just money grabs. 100% they are. (laughs) Jungle Book sequel. Probably not. No. James of the Giant Peach. That'd be a good one. Yeah. I reckon. Roald Dahl. That's not, is that Disney? I don't fucking know. All right. Tinkerbell. <laughs> Solo film. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. No? Probably not. All right. Now, this one I wanted to keep to last. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. The Hercules live action film. Produced by the Russo brothers. For Disney. Oh, my days. Hercules. They got... Oh, what are you doing? Yeah, I I reckon it'll be good. Yeah, Hercules. Oh, that doesn't fit what the Russo brothers do. Um, I'm proud to say that mm. I am starring in that. The Russo brothers hooked me up, and they're like, they saw these, <laughs> they saw the gun show for free, and they're oh. like, boy, you're in. Someone come get this. Uh, dude. Now I'm in. Are you gonna watch? Yes, I'll watch it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who's who's starring in it though? No, I don't know. It's a while away, but oh. Russo Bros are producing it. Okay. Yeah. Well, they got to fund their production company somehow, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, Cherry didn't bring enough um, oh, revenue in. So. <laughs> All right. Overall, should they stop making these? I don't think they should. Fucking go ahead, make as many as you nah, want. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, do what you need to do. It's just, um, just stop being racist. Yeah, that's I to think the there's audience. No, there's no, there's no space. Relax. For that. There's no space for that. Don't be racist, man. Like fucking hell. You, you don't like how they're animated movies for a fucking reason. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and they're the not thing real is, life. People need to learn the difference between like copying and adapting. Exactly. It's it's a different thing. Relax. It's a different thing. Like, oh God, they made the, the Lion King fucking live action. Oh, that's going to ruin my childhood. Ruin how? Exactly. How? It's fucking animation. Now it's just real life. Like, bro, relax. <laughs> Anyways. I think we'll tie a little. Oh, sorry, that was no, your line. No, thank you. Well, I think that pretty much ties a little bow on this episode. Oh, does it now? It does. It definitely does. And um, Josh, tell the people where they can find us. Well, the pre prod pod on Insta, TikTok pre production meeting on YouTube. Um, we've had some good messages again this week, you know, um, keeping up the engagement, which I like. Yep. The TikTok's doing gangbusters, which is awesome. We have a guest on next week. We do have a guest on next so week. So tune in. Um, it's going to be very, very, probably our most insightful episode, I would say. Yeah. Because this person has probably done the most out of all of us and has the most experience. So it would be good to pick her brain. Absolutely. And mm. we're going to introduce that uh, movie watching segment in a couple yes. weeks' time. Yes, so when we get some suggestions. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys. Appreciate that. Catch you all on the flippity flip. See you all.